Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host, Lisa Woolfork, and I am so delighted to welcome to the program Nisi Love Harmon. What's she creating? I really appreciate Nisi's project so much because I'm nosy. And the, when she said, what's she creating? I'm like, I want to know what, what's she creating? I want to know. I like to know things. And so I really love the way that your brand is an invitation to consider creativity. And as people like figure out what you're creating, they feel inspired to create things themselves and you help with that too. So thank you so much, Nisi, for being here. So glad to have you. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) All righty. So let's get started with your sewing story. How did Nisi come to sewing or how did sewing come to Nisi? Okay, so my story is not traditional at all. Um, sewing actually came to me through sports. When I was younger, I used to play basketball and um, I stayed at my grandmother's house for like a weekend while my parents went out of town and she would not let me go to the park. I was begging her, Grandma, please let me go to the park. Please, please, please let me go to the park. She wouldn't. The only way I could go is if I went with my granddad. And, you know, that spoils all the fun as a teenager. So <laughs> it's not, I just won't go. Go with granddaddy. Well, then uh, never mind. Yeah, I was like, never mind. So I was already heated because she wouldn't let me do anything, really. So I went in her back room because I was like, I don't want to say nothing crazy to my grandma. Let me just go in the back room in her sewing room and just like start playing with stuff. And so who would have thought that that encounter like started everything? Because from that point on, I think I got a pattern and I read the pattern because I'm like one of those really, I got to read everything. I got to see everything. So I started there and then the rest is history, right? <laughs> so. Now, I'm so excited that you were not the kind of surly teenager that I was, <laughs> right? Or could try to be within the limits of my family style. Because if I had been told I couldn't go to the park and I had to go sit down somewhere, I would not be like very cheerfully going back to my Nana's sewing room and being like, well... My plans for the park have been canceled and now I will develop a new hobby. (laughs) What was your mindset sitting back there saying like, well, I'm bored. I might as well try to sew something like. No, no, no. My mindset was not that. My mindset was like, I'm frustrated. I'm to the highest level of festivity that I could be. And if I don't do something like we already know it's about to be crazy. So I don't want to disrespect my grandma. So because she, you know, provide food and clothes, you know, all that stuff. I'm honoring my elders. I'm honoring my elders. I don't want no bad report because that's worse than disobeying the grandma, getting a bad report that you disobey right. grandma when the parents find out. So like you were doing this as a matter of survival. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was straight survival, straight survival in that, in that situation. What was the first thing you made when you went back there and you were just <laughs> thinking, like, did you just sit down and just grab a piece of paper and just start 
sitch and bad words, grumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, no. I love <laughs> basketball. I hate sewing. Like, what were the things that you, I mean, the idea of coming to sewing as an alternative to sports? <laughs> I don't know. I sat back there for a while. I sat back there for a while and just was like, after a while, I got bored and I would calm down. And I was like, hey, you know what? Let me see about this. Let me do this. And so I don't know what I created or if I made anything, but I know my first thing I made was this dress. It was like a kind of like a baby doll uh, spaghetti strap dress. I made that first. And my dad told me, <laughs> my dad said, you wear that dress out. He was like, that dress probably has an odor because you wear it so much. <laughs> her dress but, can walk um, by itself now. You've got to train to <laughs> walk by itself. You always got it on. I know I wore that dress out. I think it like it finally came fell apart. Like it just fell apart because I didn't really know, you know, what I was doing. But (laughs) yeah, that was the first thing. I love it. I love that the first thing you made was something you loved so much that you wore it out. (laughs) You know, that not only you wore it out so that people could see it, but you also like wore it to shreds because you just you just loved it so much. And so has that spirit of attraction to the work and the creative process has that continued from you over the years yes always always it's kind of like when I come in my sewing room it's like just the touch of fabric is like oh, you know what I'm <laughs> the touch of fabric just is amazing so yeah the spark is still there I love it and the idea too what you the kind of the is like this divine inspiration. It's kind of like the light bulb gets turned on for your creativity and you're just like ready to go. And all you need is to kind of get into that space and you are ready. I love it. I love to see it. So now you've gone from someone who was like a surly sewer in the beginning, the very beginning, to someone who's a joyful sewer. Right. How do you get from like, to yay, like what is I don't know. Like? I mean, it just happened. It just happened. I just kept doing it because I'm like the type of person if I like it, then I'm gonna go. I'm going hard. Like I'm going hard. So I think it started with that one thing. My mom used to sew. Okay. She used to sew her own clothes. And I never really like I remember one time she made a Barbie dress and she made it in like 2.5 seconds. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how'd you do that? But I never wanted to, like, learn at all. It's just right. that one particular moment, like, I guess made it happen. But, yeah, it was just, I just kept doing it. I kept doing it until my mom was like, okay, well, I'm going to get you a sewing machine. I think she got it for my birthday. And I was like, yes. And, um, you know, it was on from then. I still have that sewing machine. That's, like, my favorite sewing machine. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. I Love it. I love that you have been able to kind of have this love and maintain it. And now you're sharing with other people, right? You've got your YouTube yes. channel. You've got all the stuff you do on Instagram. I've been really loving your reels, like the series you did where you're talking to a friend on the phone over so <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I'm just corny because I was cackling when you were saying, oh yeah, girl, she done sewed that dress up with a one eighth inch seam allowance. That's one big breath. That dress is going to be on the floor. Like it was right. so right. funny. I wonder if you could tell us about what made you decide on what she creating as a brand title. Like what about that phrase is something you really like? One day, I think I was like daydreaming, right? I was daydreaming and I just heard people yelling, yelling, what she creating? I just heard that and I was like, you know what? 
that should be the name of my company. <laughs> and um, I was actually going to create like my intro video to say that, but I didn't know how to do it. But maybe one day I will. But that's kind of where it got started because I don't know what it was called before. But yeah. Wow. And it just kind of struck you what yes. she created. It's funny because I think of it as an invitation, right? As I was saying, because I'm nosy and I'm like, I want to know what she's creating, right? But with the way that you say it, it's more like a cheer, like a group of people, like, you know, your fans and everyone on Instagram going, what she creating, right? Like, yeah. it's just yeah. much more like, it's not really a question as much as, uh, you know, it's going to be something hot. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's always been like that. Like, it's always been like that. You never know what I'll do. Like, I remember when I was a teenager, I would just come out and say, look, mama, look what I made. Or I do that to my husband. I'd be like, look, look at this. And he'd be like, you made that? I'm like, yeah, I made that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you never know. You never know. I could be painting. I could be, you know, sewing, could be doing anything. You never know. One of the things I admire about you and definitely want to learn more from you about this is I think, don't you work with industrial machines or semi-industrial machines? Yes. Yes, I do. One of my goals for 2022 is to acquire and practice sewing on an industrial sewing machine. Some of my friends and people who know me say why, and I say, why do you choose violence and why can't you just be happy? (laughs) And I feel like I've learned a lot about domestic sewing machines and y'all when right. we do domestic sewing machines we mean the kind that you can buy on amazon the kind you can even buy from dealers the brands that you kind of know and recognize the vikings and janomis and baby locks and fops and singer mm-hmm. bernina all those are considered domestic machines because they're used right. in homes right as opposed to the industrial machines that are used in factories right can you tell us about like your approach to acquiring an industrial machine when did you decide that the machine that your mom got you that you loved so much was not enough for the sewing you wanted to do right right that's so true I always thought that I would kind of incorporate leather like real leather into my bags and I always knew that my machine didn't handle the type of leather that I wanted to do for some of the custom bag products that I had And I always knew like maybe 10 years ago that I wanted to purchase industrial, but back then I was on like a real shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't really do that, but I decided to acquire it because my machine, the stitches started getting loose and I was just like, okay, well, it's time to upgrade now. So the money came through and I was able to, you know, acquire one at a local space in Atlanta. Wonderful. It's great. I love it. I love the way the stitches, they're so beautiful. It's like perfect. That's what I want to learn more about. What were some of the big transitions you had to make from sewing on a domestic machine to sewing on an industrial? What were some of the differences that like if I, for example, I've been sewing on a domestic for 25 years, I know most of them pretty much, I know how to thread them. I know that you turn the thing up in order for it to do this. I know that there's certain things that you have to do. All those domestic machines thread pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much like exactly. Up through the thread path, up over the hook, through the tension disc, down the mm-hmm. period. What are some of the things that you might need to think differently about when approaching an industrial machine? 
First, the threading is different. Like I always have to look up a tutorial on how to thread like the bobbin because if you don't like wind it correctly, it messes up really quick on you. And I have like LB Loopy. So you have to do that correctly. And, you know, threading it itself can be kind of weird. I always have to look at a, a tutorial for that too because okay. I don't I don't rethread it a lot. I'm looking at it now trying to think. <laughs> like, how fast is it? Oh, I mean, I have it set, you know, it's not super fast, like like it can be. I know it can go up really fast, but I just set it to, you know, so it's probably as fast as, the, as a domestic machine, but I'm sure it can go faster. Right. I don't care. I'll take my time. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't need it to go like. Hey, friends. Hey, what are you doing on Thursday around 3 p.m. or so? You got 30 minutes to hang out with Black Women Stitch? You got 60? If so, come through for 30-Minute Thursdays. Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can chill with Black Women Stitch on Instagram Live or talk with us through the two-way audio on Clubhouse at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Thursdays for 30 minutes. Come hang out, chill, and have fun with us. See you Thursday. What about the needles? How do the needles on the industrial machine look? Are they the flat back like we have in the domestic or are they more like a cylinder all the way around? Because I've seen some, some needles as well. Like they're more cylinder. Okay. More cylinder. And you have to insert it from the side instead of the front. Oh. Um, the thread is inserted from the side instead of the front of the machine. Wow. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then the presser feet themselves on the industrial machine. Like I see them sometimes they look like they're really cheap, but then they look like maybe they're not. I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. Are the feet, I mean, the feet had just been like any other regular feet. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the same. Wow. I mean, I, once I set the speed, then it doesn't matter how hard I push the foot. It's not going to do anything I'm, it doesn't move like okay. the other ones can move on you so this right. one doesn't move. so that's another thing I was thinking too about I would absolutely need speed control because I can be a lead foot <laughs> machine unfortunately so right it also has you know the thing for your knee like you can knee push. lift yeah the knee lift it has that and I like that option I am definitely thinking about a semi-industrial. <laughs> I've already identified the brand that I want. It's not a standard sewing machine company. The company I'm going to go with is the one that makes machines for sailors, for people oh. who sew sails on ships. So what are you going to be sewing? <laughs> I'm going to be sewing leather. <laughs> I'm going to be sewing canvas. But you could do that on a regular machine. Why do you choose violence, Nisi? You're <laughs> here having a good conversation and having fun, and you hear pouring haterade on my dream. But I'm just saying, like, how many pieces of leather are you going to use? Like, two pieces of leather? You can do that to any machine. No. I know this <laughs> for a fact. I can't because I have tried. I got that expensive old machine that I have, which I love, Knockwood. Don't. I'm not buying another one anytime soon. But I tell you what, I spent in the thousands for this machine. And wow. I cannot pleat four layers of leather and sew it. Wow. It won't do it. So I guess I have a question for you then. Yes. Because I haven't bought, I guess, a, a $1,000 domestic machine. It, it was more than $1,000. 
I asked someone else this question too. Like, why wouldn't you just get a basic older machine? Like, uh, I guess like a fab, you know, like one of those heavy duty. Like, why wouldn't you get like a heavy duty machine? Why would you spend your money like a thousand more dollars on like an electronic machine? It was machine more than $2,000 as well. It was expensive. <laughs> it was not 15000 which is how much the top of the line machines this brand cost. It was right. a fraction of that, but it was not, just a thousand. It was not just a thousand. So here's why I got it. I got it because I love notions and features. Okay. This machine has one foot of space between the needle and the side of the machine. (laughs) Okay. It has stadium lighting. Ooh, excuse me. Yeah, stadium. That's that's my sports connection right there. My machine (laughs) has stadium lighting. Stadium lighting. That's my connection. It has stadium lighting. It has self-threading. It has self-knotting and backstitch. It has about 500 stitches built in. It has USB connectivity as well as it's sewing and embroidery. It also has a ton of built-in embroidery stitches as well as about seven alphabets. Okay. And the hoop size for the machine for the embroidery portion is great. It's like eight by 12. Mm. That is a big hoop as you might for embroidery, right? So I like it because I like stuff. And I like gadgets and I like things that make my life easier. Right. And I mean, really, it's so funny because I'm like, wow, my sisters, they're really, my, both my sisters are wonderful people and they're, they're very into like designer things. And one of my sisters is like practically a professional shopper. And so like, they'll be like, they'll buy me design. Like most of the designer bags I have are gifts from them. And I'm like, dang, they be spending their money. They be buying these bags and that bag. And it's like, bitch, you can buy a bag too if you wasn't buying sewing <laughs> machines. So stop acting like you're like Miss Modest in the sister relationship when really you are not Miss Modest. You are just <laughs> designer down as they are. It's just about designers they've never heard of. Like Baby Lock right. and Bernina <laughs> and Fox. Right, right. So, right. so that's what I like about my machine. I like how pretty it is. I like that it does a, it does a really beautiful stitch. I like mm. all the built-in features. It has a laser. So I can have the laser that sews in a straight line and I can also do echo stitching by having the laser follow the previous row of stitching. And I know my stitching will be straight. So there's tons of features. So that is the reason. But I think for me, what I've noticed is the more computerized things you have. And now this is an old machine. The new ones have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right. And so I think, in my opinion, the trade-off for all the computerized material in the core of a sewing machine is less attention given to the power of Mm -hmm. the machine, right? So the power of the belt to push through layers, the Mm -hmm. power of the belt to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it feels like to me. Now, I don't know if that's absolutely true because it embroiders very fast. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of great things about it except that I can't sew four layers of leather through it. And I know with this machine that I think I'll be getting, I can. Now you might ask, Lisa, when are you going to sew four layers of of leather? (laughs) And I will ask you, why do you keep bringing up old stuff? Because look, my my determination for a machine, a new machine, that if I'm going to continue to do bags, that it's going to be can it sew through four layers? Like other than that, I don't care about embroidery. I don't care about self thread. I don't care about any of that. As long as can it sew through four layers? Okay, we good. Go ahead. And that's the thing that I think that my new thing. Also, the industrial machines are much cheaper 
yeah. much cheaper than those big fancy embroidery combo computer machines. And mm-hmm. that was a big surprise. So I'm like, wow, I can pay just this much and it'll do all this. So I think it's fine for me to have another machine. <laughs> I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I do a lot and yeah. I would get some use out of it and right. I would really enjoy. And I do believe in having the right tools for a project. Right. I love to be provisioned so that right. I have the stuff I need. So right. actually speaking of provisions, you are embarking on a new journey in your brand with yes. Art Encounters, where you are pro- right. you are provisioning people who may or may not have a bunch of, you know, they might not have five sewing machines. Who's to say? Poor babies. They might not have the ability to do all the things that they need to do for a creative arts project. Can you talk about that development in your brand? I've always been kind of like a hostess. My parents had parties like, all the time, regardless of if people called or not. So I've always kind of done that over life. And I was a um, school teacher. I taught high school for a while. And um, we always completed these type of fun projects because why not, right? Why not? They're going to give you the money. Why not? And you can learn with fun. You, learning, learning does not have to be torture. Learning could be wonderful and delightful. Right. So we would like paint things and we would just create things. We do have like jewelry parties and make bath bombs and different things like that. And I was like, you know what? After I quit the job, I was like, you know what? I could probably incorporate this in my, my company. So it's really small, intimate event, art things, um, indoor, outdoor for, for people, for families, for children, for groups, for corporate events, etc. And so what are some of the projects that someone could do if they were going to have an art encounter? Would they get a chance to choose between like painting or embroidery or chalk work? Like what are some of the things that you bring to families and communities or corporate events when you bring your art encounters? Um, I have one project. It's a painted pillow project. So I create the pillow and then we use like tape and different supplies and you can create your own custom pillow design. Um, I have one where it's like a planter, a painted planter. So we um, decorate the outside, paint it into a different cool style. I have like a herb or something and some soil. And so we'll plant that and do all that good stuff. Um, I think I have a jewelry making project, a wallflower painted project, and it's one other project. So I have five of them for now. And that's great. And I love that flexibility as well. Like, well, you know, we're not so great with plants because I kill everyone that ever comes into the house. I probably choose a pillow. (laughs) I think that is so creative. And I really love how you are bringing that creativity. It's like you're combining your teaching, your creativity, sewing and hosting all in one. That's fantastic. That is really wonderful. I wanted to turn a little bit to talk about your YouTube channel and about the work that you do over there. Can you talk about like what has worked for you in terms of your philosophy towards your YouTube channel? Like what kind of things can someone do through a YouTube channel and what kind of benefits have you been able to receive from like doing so much in that arena? Okay, so I started the YouTube channel about six years ago. I just did it because I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just start teaching online. This was before I was even teaching sewing and classes or nothing. I was just like, let me just put this out here and see what happens. And it wasn't really doing anything. But then there was one lady that said, you need to change like your keywords. If you change your, she was like, this is a great tutorial. And it helped me a lot. And if you just change your keywords, 
I'm sure that you'll get like a lot of feedback from other people because I looked for an hour and I couldn't find anything. But when I found your video, it helped me. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, let me keep doing it. And so I just, I started teaching sewing in high school because mm-hmm. um, I was a family consumer science or a home ec teacher. That's yeah, what they yeah, call it. Wonderful. So I would teach sewing in a high school and I would use my YouTube videos to teach them. And so I just kept doing it. And so a lot of the people that comment on the YouTube page say that it's clear, concise, to the point, and it's easy. And so that's what it is. And that's the type of comments that I get. And they're like, blessings, girl, blessings. They give donations. But I, I, you know, I do make, um, you know, I make a, a monthly cash you know incentive for doing it so it's it's grown but I, I, that wasn't the point I just put it out there and it's just been growing ever since I appreciate that so much I was just listening to someone talking about their work and their you know in the social media space or if you have a project that you're passionate about they said you know you got to be passionate about it because you're going to work at it for a long time right. and money is like the last thing that comes Right. And I thought that, so to hear you say that, hey, I started this channel six years ago and, you know, I was able to really measure the significant impact that Mm -hmm. my channel has had on people sewing by someone reaching out to say, hey, this is great. I want more people to see it, change these keywords. And then, you know, and then that's that. And then that has worked. Mm -hmm. I'm so delighted. That's really great news. And I really love the encouragement that your story represents to keep going just keep putting one just keep swimming like they say in final right. just keep right. swimming just keep going we need to wrap up our time for right now but you know what the slogan for the stitch please podcast is we will help you get your stitch together <laughs> right so i'm going to ask you nisi love harmon if, if you could share some words of advice if someone came up to you and said nikki nisi how can i get my stitch together <laughs> what would you tell them Pick out some wonderful fabric, make sure it's colorful and it's popping like Lisa's dress that she has on right now with the hood and it's two times. So find you some nice fabric that's popping and be you and don't let nobody tell you nothing different. <laughs> I love it. And on that note, Nisi, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful time. How can we find you on the socials? I'll be sure to include all your links, but why don't you tell us in your own voice so people can hear from you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nisi Love Harmon or um, What's She Creating on Instagram. I'm on YouTube at What's She Creating. I'm on TikTok at Nisi Love Harmon. And I think everything else is Nisi Love Harmon. So Facebook and everything else. So yeah, check me out. Check her out. Thank you, Nisi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. 
So I know that not all podcast directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.